On this week's episode, we chat with two distance runners who each started something new this year and surpassed all expectations with quiet confidence. This past fall, Rachel Cliff made her debut in the marathon in Berlin and dropped one of the fastest Canadian marathon times ever, a 2.28.53. That coming off a year that saw her PB in the 10 and set a national record in the half marathon. She's coming up later in the show, but first, Ihab El Sandali, multiple-time junior cross-country champion, took his first shot at the senior national cross-country race and came in a very impressive fourth in a stacked and loaded field. He's on the way in just seconds. You're listening to The Terminal Mile at The Terminal Mile on Twitter and Instagram, a Tracky Radio production. Ihab El Sandali is a multiple-time national junior cross-country champion. He's the national indoor 5,000-meter record holder and a runner for Iona College and Toronto West Athletics. After an off day at NCAAs this year, no one really knew how Ihab would fare in Kingston at the national championships, given the deep field and quite a few races already in his legs. Now, what happened was an incredibly run fourth-place finish, punching way above his weight and letting the field know that he... Had arrived. All right, you know, you have, I believe it's two national championships and, um, you know, a very strong showing, uh, a very strong fourth place showing uh, up on uh, on the Fort Henry Hill. What do you think of that course, man? Like, that, that's that got to be custom built for you, I'm thinking. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's an awesome course. Um, I don't know what it is, but, like, I just pretty much always have a great race there. And uh, I think it's about three years I've been there for three years now and I don't think I've had one bad race to be honest um I don't know I feel like it's just just a mixture of everything like the mud um rolling hills and it's just been treating me pretty pretty nice and um I'm excited for the next time you guys or um Kingston host nationals yeah, man, it's, it's, so like, would you consider yourself to be like a bit of a mud guy? Like you like it, like the, the gnarlier it is, the better. Yeah. 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 I would say so. Um, I'm not really picky to be honest, but I do like the mud. I would say. Those, those junior classes were, were super tough. And I, I don't think people really realize how tough they were until, you know, you made that step up to senior this year and, you know, you ended yeah. up just off the podium uh like w- talk to me about that transformation from from going from the junior ranks to the senior ranks did you have you know like were you worried at all going into that race that uh you know maybe you not might not do so well um to be honest so like basically i had i think i ran two 10k's back to back i had regionals um and I had NCAA championships the week before canadian championships and um going into the race honestly i was I wasn't nervous at all. I knew like SCAs was a huge disappointment, and um, and I was pissed off for for a while. But by by the time like Canadian Nationals rolled around, I was I was pretty chill, and um, my body felt good, and I I thought I was going to do something special. Um, and yeah, like the coaches didn't give me any pressure, and um, going to the race, I felt awesome. So, like I think about halfway into the race. Um, I felt amazing, felt really good, and surprisingly, I was like, "All right, when is the walk gonna hit? Like, this can't be true." <laughs> and uh, going into the third lap, I was like, "Wow, this is this is going pretty well." And um, and yeah, going into the, the last lap, I was with I think it was uh, S Link, mm-hmm. um, and I was like, "You know what? Just hang with him and, and secure a spot here. This is 
like you're doing something special here, so just hang on. It's only two, it's only 2.5k. Um, they're almost there. So yeah, like I, it turned out to be awesome, and I finished right behind Evan. And um, yeah, thank you, Evan, for pushing me. <laughs> that was awesome. And I can't wait to work with him um, at NACAC and World Championships. Oh and, man! Um, also, the rest of the other guys. I think I think we have a really good good group going there. There's a, there's a lot to unpack from that answer. Um, I think I think a good place to start would be you know take a look at you know a guy like like Luke. Uh, Luke came yeah. in, you know, just so so fit, and he showed it right from the line. Both him and Mike Tate, yeah. you know, took that that early lead and and put a gap between uh, themselves and and you guys in in the chase pack. Is that something that mm-hmm. that kind of digs into your mind a little bit? Or, like, are you a guy who gets kind of, you know, like do you, do you find yourself getting emotional in in races like that and, and try to react to stuff like that, or, or like, did you say, mm-hmm. okay, I've got a plan, you know, this is how, how I'm going to execute it? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, actually, like, yeah, I, I, I had a feeling that Luke Bichette was going to go out hard, and um, looking at his races from the past, like, he's a guy that goes out and just gives his all, and pretty much he's a front runner. So um, I knew that there was probably going to be a gap forming. There's going to be, like, two groups, someone who's going to go, a group that goes with Luke Bichette. And um, luckily, I found myself with a group of guys. Um, I think it was about four or five guys, and... Luke was only with one guy, and I thought that was perfect for me. I just got to focus on the guys that were with me, and I could secure a spot for for the Canadian team. So, um, yeah, so, like, going into it, I, like, as soon as Luke made a move, I didn't want to go with him. I just wanted to stick with the guys that I have to deal with and just just um, handle my own business and not look, not worry about the front because he was, he was, like, he's pretty much in, a, he's in another class Um and uh, it was just too risky for me to, to go up there and and mess around pretty much. You mentioned NCAAs, and you know I know that we talked about it just before we started the interview. But yeah, what happened there? I, I'm, you know, a lot of people had you know a lot of expectations yeah. for you, and and like yeah, yeah it, it was it kind of looked like a bit of an off day for you. Yeah, it was it was definitely an off day. Um, but basically, what, it's a funny story. Basically, what happened was like. NCAs was like really cold. Um, it was extremely cold, and pretty much our coaches, um, they were nice enough to to go out and get like some Adidas kit for us, some long sleeves, and um, I tried them on. They were they were pretty tight, and I've never ran in like tight long sleeves before. So I was like, all right, I'll be fine with it. And um, so I packed it up for the next morning and um, during my warm up, I didn't put them on. I just wanted to keep them dry. So. Um, right before the race, I put them on, and as soon as the gun went, about like I don't know, a kilometer in or so, like I, I just couldn't breathe. Like it's just my my chest was just like it was just like the shirt was just so tight that it was hard for my chest to expand, and um, pretty much it affected my whole race. Um, it was unfortunate, but like you live and you learn, and it was no one else's fault but mine. Like I made a rookie mistake to try something new in the biggest stage so it wasn't my coach's fault at all it was my fault so um it is what it is though like i have no regrets and um i don't know what to do next time so yeah oh man well i think yeah i think you you made up more than made up for it uh the next week uh 
oh, man, so much racing all in a row. How did you, how did you, you know, manage that, um, you know, both physically and mentally? Like, how did you recover between races? Just because, you know, with the NCAA set up and with nationals, like you were putting in a lot of hard efforts uh, a bunch of weeks in a row. Yeah. Um, so after NCAAs, I think I took, it was funny, I actually took off like so many days. I think I ran about three or four times um, before Canadian Nationals. So I um, I think I, so I took, I took, so I raced on Saturday, ran uh, NCAAs on Saturday, took Sunday off, um, took Monday off, did a workout on Tuesday, took Wednesday off, um, ran on Thursday, and then ran on the course on Friday, and then race on race on Canadian Nationals on Saturday. So um, it was yeah, it was kind of a weird weird schedule for me. I, like my coaches, my coaches wanted me to run a bit more than that, but um, I kind of just played it based on my my body and how I felt, and I just wanted to be a bit safe. I wanted to play safe and take a few more days off. Um, and yeah, I was I was fresh for the race. Turned out to be pretty good. So why Kingston? Because I, I mean, like, you're you're obviously going to be super tired, you know. As as you mentioned, like you were you were pretty worn out after after the NCAA season. I mean, like that's uh, you know that's another plane ride up to Kingston, and you know probably a lot of the guys on your team were just kind of like like they're they're done, they're taking their taking their time off and that sort of stuff. Like, wh- why did you decide to go up to Kingston? Well, um, honestly, like, so I I had a pretty good season outdoors like i ran a pretty good 5k and leading it to NCAA is like we cut the season short and we wanted to build up for for cross and i feel like you know what i feel like i'm in like after outdoors i feel like i felt like i was in the best shape of my life and i felt like uh, i knew that it was going to be a world class country year and and um it was a great opportunity for me to so it was a great opportunity for me to make the, the national team and um, that's one. That's always a thing that's on my, the back of my head, like running for Canada. Um, so I didn't want. I didn't tell the coaches up until about regionals. Like I pretty much left it till last minute because I didn't know how it was gonna, how my season was gonna play out, and I just wanted to see how my body would react. And yeah, as the season went on, I felt pretty good, and I mentioned it to the coach. So I'm like, hey, you know what? Like I think I have a great opportunity here to made the Canadian national team and, and um, represent my country again. It'll be a, it'll be a great experience. So yeah, they were, they were nice enough to, to be a, a little bit more open-minded and they're like, all right, yeah, but I mean, we'll get you there as long as, as long as your body's feeling good after NCAAs and um, they made, they made the right call. Um, and so, yeah, I thank them for that. Oh man, definitely. And it's always so special when you, when you get to, you know, represent your country and, and that sort of stuff. I think back to two examples of, of guys who are in like similar situations. Um, you know, Justin Knight, when he represented Canada, like that was the year that he, he took a red shirt, um, for, for his indoor season. And then there, you know, on the other end of that, there's, there's Rory Linkletter who, uh, ran a pretty good like indoor season and, ended up running NCAAs in the, in the indoors as well too. What, what's your plan as, as far as that goes? Uh, my plan is kind of like Rory. Um, well, I don't have any more red shirts. So they, I actually have my conference meet on um, the same weekend as NACAC. So I'm going to have to skip that unfortunately, but, um, yeah, like my coaches, they're, 
they were nice enough to to let me do that. And um, I mean, I have a lot of talented guys on my team that could, um, you know, back me up and take care of business. So I wasn't worried about them getting their job done. So, um, so yeah, and then I think I have NCAAs around March 8th. So I'll have some time to kind of recover from that and, and then um, head over to Denmark for World Championships on the 30th of March. Um, so, yeah, I have a busy indoor season, but, um, but yeah, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. You know, every coach, I think, is a little bit different in, well, all all respects, but uh, definitely in, in the cross-country thing. Uh, like, what what were some of the go-to workouts for you guys uh, this season down in Iona? Uh, we, we have a mixture of a lot of things, to be honest. Um, tough one. We One of the hardest workouts is, I would say, is we have this, this little park. It's called Downport, um, and it's, like, pretty much just rolling hills and um, there's this one workout that's pretty tough for us. It's, it's pretty much just 2K repeats, and and it's, it's tough. Like and we're just like rolling and um, with like little like little recovery. And it gets to a lot of people, but it, it gets like it gets me fit. So yeah, we do a lot of special stuff, um, a lot of tempos. Um, our tempos aren't that long. Like we kind of change things up a bit. Um, from I think last year, uh, we started doing a bit more interval workouts and um, and just mix things up a bit. You know, you mentioned you had a like a really good year on on the outdoor uh, track and everything. What what are the plans for this year? I mean, like what are the, what are the big goals? Where do you want to see yourself at, at the end of the season? Yeah. Um. Well, I I have a few benchmarks. To, to hit like I I want to for indoors my my goals are um, I got to get under that eight minute mark um, eight minute barrier in the three k um, I also want to break the the four minute barrier and um, leading out leading up to outdoors I want to get as low as possible for thirteen thirty in the five k um, yeah those I know those are are tough goals and. It may seem crazy to a lot of people, but um, I think I have the right coaches to to help me do that, and, and I'm excited. Oh man, definitely, definitely, and I mean, you know, take a look at, at the Canadian track scene right now, and like, there's a lot of guys who were kind of, you know, in your situation when when you're in high school, you know, guys like mm-hmm. uh, like you know, Justin was operating at, you know, a different level and stuff, but, you know, like, like Mohamed and, and, you know, Cam Levins who are doing so, so well now, like what do, what do you take from, from their examples Are those guys that you really look up to? Mm-hmm. Um, I would say just consistency. Like you look at the top guys, like you could see that, like they're very consistent in their, their training, um, their, their performance and it's especially their, their performance and, it all starts from, you know, just not being not being injured for a very long time. I think that's very important. Um, you know, if you're able to, to stay healthy for for a very long time, I think things will take care of itself. And um, that's one of the most important things for me right now. Um, if I could just keep the ball rolling, I think I think I could do some some great things. Oh man. 
Well, like you've you've got a very exciting uh, year coming up for you, and man, I can't wait to see it. Like you absolutely dominated as, as a junior, and like you just seem to be doing better and better uh, with with every coming year. So, man, I'm super excited for you, and was really excited to see how you did uh, at nationals this year. And thanks a lot for being on the show, man. Really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Thank you. It's an honor to be on the show. Appreciate it. Rachel Cliff is one of the best to be doing the sport in Canada right now. Taking a look at what she's done this year, she broke the Canadian half marathon record, went sub 32 in the 10,000, setting a new PB there, and this fall she debuted in the marathon in 228.53. After this year, we have to think that not only is it possible, but it may be likely that one day we'll see all three of those events with national records attached to Cliff's name. We chatted with Rachel earlier this week. All right, so you know, obviously, we have a, a lot to talk about since the last time that you were on, which was back in I want to say March or April, sometime around there. But you've uh, you've done a whole bunch of stuff since then. Perhaps it would be best though to talk about the things that you haven't done. How has uh, how's recovery gone since Berlin? Yeah, it's gone. It's gone about how I expected. I feel like the the whole marathon. I did a lot of research going into it about how how I thought it would go, and I'd say the recovery has been exactly what I expected. There hasn't been any surprises, but um, but it's obviously took a bit to, to bounce back from. I went to Prague for a, month, for a week, so I was um, with my family, like with my husband and my parents after the marathon, which was really fun. I hadn't been to Prague before, and my parents really wanted to go, so it was nice to have a chance to go do that, but um, it was definitely a lot of walking, so, um, so that was fun, but I got home from that after a few days of walking and after doing a marathon, your quads are destroyed, which I didn't appreciate how bad that would be. Um, but then I had kind of another uh, few days of no running when I got home. And then I want to say two or three weeks of no workouts. Um, and by the end of that, it's kind of that combination as you're coming back of, I took enough time off that I was kind of, um, you know, you start losing fitness and you don't know if it's a fitness or a fatigue thing, but I definitely gave myself a good two months of kind of moving away from structured training and racing to make sure I was recovered and make sure that I was, you know, starting off from baseline again as I came to the next season. Yeah, you know, I think everyone who has run a marathon before, you know, talks about how you can never truly be prepared for you know what happens during the marathon and as you just alluded to what happens after the marathon but it sounds like you you did quite a bit of research into it you know as to what to expect when what uh, what kind of resources were you, were you taking in before the race um i'm fortunate that i'm you know my coach has coached so many people over the event so that was um really is so fortunate to have that um just in that i could any questions I had, you know, is this normal? Should I be this tired? How should this feel? Um, I was always able to ask him and get lots of resources. So although I did not know what I was doing, I was working with someone who did, so I might as well have, have known what I was doing, if that makes sense. But um, but I was also training really closely with Catherine Watkins, who, you know, ran a personal best in Berlin, which was really impressive. And that was great because... Um, you know, we, we trained together in the sense that we warmed up together and cooled down together and had the same plan and workouts, but we you know, might be going slightly different paces, but just having that and someone who was so familiar with the event to warm down and cool down with and just, again, ask her questions about how I'm feeling, how I should be feeling, if it's normal, was really helpful. And then, um, I mean, there's lots of people in Vancouver 
who I was able to talk to, actually had the opportunity to meet with Dylan Wikes and just chat with him about nutrition and his advice um, and things like that. And just, I can't think of, I wouldn't want to list everyone and miss out, leave people out, but I definitely know a lot of people who have done marathons, both at the elite and the non-elite level. And I was just able to just ask lots of questions so that, you know, as you say, you can never truly prepare and know how you're going to respond, but at least if you've talked to enough people who've had different experiences, you might have some, you know, some ideas as to what might happen to you. I'm not sure, you know, how big a shift it was to get into, you know, the marathon uh, type training and stuff. But like I, I know I found and I've talked to other people who have found when when they started the like the marathon specific workouts, you know, just completing those marathons. And, you know, by the time you actually get to the line, you feel like you can really, I don't know, like run through a wall with the type of fitness that you have. How, how did you feel after, you know, trying those new stimuluses and, and the new workouts and that sort of stuff? I think it was it was different for me. I think it was an unusual build in the sense that I came in so fit. Um, so I was definitely at the end of my rope. Um, even when I started the marathon build, I mean, that winter I'd ran three half marathons starting in January. I'd done, I did an indoor 5K somewhere in there. Definitely a few, one or two road races in Vancouver, then Commonwealth Games, then a ton of racing in May and June and then had just a little bit of time off and then started to build again. So um, I think because of that, I was so fit going into it. My mileage was quite low. Um, It was maybe a different experience to what most people have with a marathon build where you're trying to build volume and speed. Um, For me, it was just trying to build a lot of volume and not get hurt. And um, we only had 12 weeks to do it in. So um, I was never, I never questioned my fitness throughout the whole build. I just questioned if I could get through the volume, if that makes sense. Um, and then the transition to the type of workouts uh, was funny because in the winter with all those half marathons I did, it felt like we'd kind of done a trial session as far as, um, like I did so many halves and my training was almost like a mini marathon type of block. So I kind of knew it would be like that. Um, but that said, it was it was very fatiguing. I mean, just, just the, the sheer volume I had to run um, was just unbelievable, like relative to anything I've done before. And I don't think I've ever napped as much as I did this summer <laughs> and did not, not been ashamed of it. Um, so it was definitely a big step, um, step up in the, I had a few workouts where I was, um, I went in, like I said, I was really fast and fit. And then about two weeks in, it felt like I was going backwards. I was training harder than I ever had before. And every workout was just a little worse and a little slower and the heat wasn't helping. Um, but I did find once I pushed through that, it kind of turned around again, and um, and that was good. But standing on the start line, there was just so many unknowns um, as far as how it would feel. I knew I would get through halfway feeling fine, um, but I genuinely didn't know what would happen on the other end. So, um, yeah, I was confident in my fitness, but it was funny because it, it came from a year of really good training, not just from the build, if that makes sense. Yeah, definitely. I'm I'm kind of wondering what the what the race plan was going into Berlin because I, I mean like we talked to to Kinsey Middleton a little bit earlier this year and you know she talked about you know having a really conservative sort of first marathon and you know getting a taste for for what it's like in, in the back half and stuff I mean you you ran like you knocked it out of the park in Berlin it was really quite a dominant performance to watch especially for someone on on their first time what was the plan going in. I was basically what we did. Um, I had 
had a few really right at the end, especially as I got used to the volume. And um, I think in general, most of my big, big, big mileage weeks were right in the middle of the build. So the last three weeks weren't that bad and I'd had a few really solid workouts. So um, we kind of, we were really confident I could run somewhere between 228 and 230. So um, the plan was to go out a little bit quicker, knowing that my volume hadn't been that high going into a marathon and it probably didn't matter what I did. I was likely going to slow the second half when we kind of accepted that. Um, so it was just about finding, and I was also conservative in the sense that uh, we discussed 330 goal pace. And instead of me taking that to mean I have to be under 330 every K, I took it to mean I have to be 330 or slower every single K until halfway. So it was kind of a combination of both conservative and aggressive, like 330s is is obviously Canadian record pace, and I didn't plan on running that. So in that sense, it was it was an aggressive plan. But I think in terms of my mindset going in, um, again, I was so fast from the summer of, of track racing that 330s really did feel smooth and controlled, and it, it did feel like a conservative plan in that sense. You know, there's, there's always that deconstruction post-race, you know, taking a look back at that race, do you like where do you think that your ceiling is? Do you think there's places looking back you could you could have you know maybe cut a couple seconds there, or maybe cut a couple seconds there, or you know taking a look back at your training? Is there some stuff that you'd like to optimize for next time? Um, and it's always been, but I think for where I was going into it, like you know being my first marathon and being inexperienced, and and again like you know having had a really really big year and the build only being twelve weeks. Um, I think it was perfect. I mean, had days been, there's obviously, you know, had I had more experience in the last few K, maybe I would have held it together a bit better. But, um, you know, I think that I executed um, my coach's plan on on the day basically to a T. And I definitely think that the training, I mean, we could have pushed harder and and I could have ended up hurt. I think that everything we did was really appropriate and reasonable for for the time. And I, I hope that, you know, there's still room to grow and that, that we've left some things on the table. I've always tried to approach my, my training with that mindset. Um, so yeah, I, I, I mean, you know, hopefully with, you know, just this build on me, the, the base is better and, and going forward, my training will be better. But I think that given where we were at, I think, you know, everything about it was perfect, which is just a really nice way to feel. I mean, you've definitely got with with that initial time that you've put on the table, you've definitely got options as, as far as what you want to run now. But um, you know, why, why Berlin? Why did you choose to fly across the ocean and, uh, and try that course? It was a combination of the timing and the course was fast and everything like that. It was funny. I didn't, I knew I wanted to do a marathon, especially it's been something that, being honest, I think we've talked about for maybe since the turn of 2017, it was just something that we started chatting about maybe, maybe being in my future within the next build. Um, I mean, within the next Olympic cycle, um, and then as we started looking at the timing, we realized that if it's something I want to do, it'd be good to get a feel for it. And with the summer being a little bit open, um, with not having the world championships or Pan Am games or anything like that, um, the timing just made a lot of sense to try it out in the fall. So then it was, um, we thought about a few different ones. And I think that the, the Allen Brooks race in, uh, the CRS one was just a little too late, uh, that we were worried it would start. It could have been fine, but it just seemed a little late in the cycle, and um, so we wanted to go a little bit earlier. And then, um, yeah, my coach just suggested Berlin and said, "This is, I think Berlin's a fast course. That might be a fun one for you to do." Um, and I didn't, 
really, I knew what the World Marathon Majors were, but I definitely didn't know that was a thing. And it wasn't really until I got on the start line that I realized I'd signed up for like a really, really big first marathon. Um, and I think it was good. I kind of went in with that sense of not really appreciating how big Berlin was. So, um, yeah, but I think that like for me, I think having a first experience uh, in a race as cool as Berlin, like um, being able to get kind of that just you know, amazing feel that you get from marathon majors. I don't think I appreciated till I was on the start line, but I think that was a piece of it. But if I was going to put in the time and the energy to do uh, to do a marathon, that it would be neat to do something that would be just a cool life experience as well. And then, yeah, the weather with Berlin tends to be good. The course is fast. There tends to be you know a lot of people right around where we were hoping I'd run. So, um, and then I I got in, which was amazing. So just all those pieces, it just it just made the most sense. So speaking of options, I suppose, um, you know, it should be put out there. I mean, like, were you smitten by the marathon? Would you consider yourself a marathoner now? Or do you see yourself still this, this person of all, you know, of, of a big range of races? Uh, I think I still, I still have goals in, especially the 10K, to run a little faster. Um, so I, I think you can do both. Like, I... Um, we're trying to work out, you know, as you say, there's a few options. I, I'd really like to put myself in a position where I'm, I'm in a good spot for Rio, whether that's, I mean, sorry, for Tokyo, um, in either distance, either the 10K or the, or the marathon. I haven't, I really enjoyed the experience in, um, in the marathon, like the, the whole process. And I'd definitely be happy to do something like that again, but it's, it, it definitely didn't make me to like, oh, I love this more than, than the 10K. It was just, a very different um process if that makes sense so speaking of 10ks there's there's some big news um as far as you know where your home is situated situated and the canadian 10,000 meter championships um i actually shot shot your husband chris winters uh of course people know him as the as the olympic olympian steeplechaser uh a message just after that because i know he was such a big part of that as well too but the 10,000 meter championships Coming out of Vancouver, that is a very long way of saying it, but, um, you know, I have to think, based on, on how this past year went, you have to be super excited that's that's coming out there. I imagine you're racing that. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, if I can be there, I will be there. I mean, you never know how, however you're going to go, but that's definitely in the plan, and I'm, I'm really excited to have it at home. Um, but I think it, it'll just be a neat experience having it in this city, and Vancouver is a huge distance running city not not just only elite end we obviously have that but but even from the community there's a lot of run clubs here we have the mild marathon and most of the local running stores host um run clinics and run clubs with decently you know elite people and so um mild marathons and putting on this this race called chase the pace once or twice a year and it's like a 5k community run and these have heats after heats of local runners running Again, pretty impressive times in, in these mixed gender races, which are really cool. So I think that the the goal here is to combine the community aspect that we have in Vancouver with the high performance nationals, and I think it should be really exciting to be a part of. And again, I, I love Vancouver, and for running, our weather tends to be great. So I think it should be like hopefully we can have the opportunity to get some some people run some fast times and with lots of support. And I'm you know, really, if I'm obviously not putting it on, but I'm quite involved in it between my husband and a few other people helping out with it. And I'm just really excited to that it's 
they were going to have national championships in Vancouver and that they're trying something a little bit different and a little exciting for this. Oh, I'm definitely super excited for this. And I'll definitely have, uh, have Chris and, and a whole bunch of other people on as well in the future. Uh, just such a, such a cool, cool idea. 2018 was, was just a wild year for you, uh, whether it was setting the, the Canadian half marathon record or, you know, some awesome 10 K times as well too. And I mean, that, that marathon was, was fantastic as well too. For you, looking back at 2018, what is what is the big takeaway? What is the big thing that you learned in, in your training and in your racing and that sort of stuff? Um, huh, that's a good question. Um, I, it's funny because the, the results this year really felt like they came together, um, which was pretty cool. Um, I, I think we definitely learned that, at least you know from what we saw this year, how well I respond. Um, too high mileage training, and that was kind of apparent in the winter with all the half marathons. Um, I think we both kind of suspected that, but that was probably the biggest takeaway. So the biggest thing I learned was probably, obviously in the marathon build, I learned so much. Um, I felt really fortunate to be, I've been running competitively for 14 years or something now, and to be able to come into, you know, I feel like a veteran, and for the first time in quite a while, I've felt like a rookie when I was training for the marathon. Um, so I just, I learned so much through the whole process. Um, just how to relax in workouts. I didn't always do it well. Um, and I'm still trying to relearn that, but, but that was probably one of the most critical parts of the marathon build and then the fueling and things like that. But I'd say the biggest lesson I had personally was just how much I was amazed at how much volume I did this summer and how little my speed suffered. Um, obviously, when I was in the heat of the the mileage, it did. But the second the mileage went down, the speed came back. And um, conceptually, it made sense. But it was kind of cool to to feel that. Um, just, you know, you hear people saying that with strength comes speeds. And, and this summer, I really felt like that was apparent to me. All right, so 2019, uh, you've got the the world championships. You also mentioned that that you are interested in running that that 10,000 meter as well too. What's uh what's the big plans and and what are the big goals? You know, is there another marathon or is it going to be you know back to the track this year? What what's 2019 looking like for you? We're still trying to work out my racing schedules. <laughs> Not a lot to say or to announce at this point. Um, I. Yeah, I mean, I'd like to put myself in a in a good spot, like I said, for for the marathon and the 10K. So um, I'd like I'd like to do another marathon at some point, but whether that be you know, how quickly that is, it's still kind of up in the air. But I think my biggest kind of obvious goal would be to make the World Championships and they in the 10K, and they just made the standards a little bit quicker, which um, on one hand is a little bit stressful. Obviously, I, the past few years I've had the 10K standards and. And this year, I'll have to run a pretty solid PB to have it. Um, but in some ways, that excites me because um, I can't get complacent. I'll need to find a new gear and, and run a personal best, and that's that's really exciting. So I think, yeah, running running a 10K PB and qualifying for Worlds would probably uh, be a pretty big goal of mine. And then, uh, yeah, again, depending on once we meet and decide what races I'm in, how we're going to make it work, how the how the road scene fits in with that would also be important. Well, you know, anyone, anyone who's counting you out for anything at this point has really not been paying attention to the story at all. 
you know, it's always great to have you on, Rachel. Uh, always, always appreciate you taking the time, especially, especially this time of year. Um, you know, like I said, big thanks for being on the show this week. No, no problem. It's great to, great to chat as always. Well, that wraps up another edition of the Terminal Mile. Big thanks to my guests this week, both Ehab and Rachel, as well as the Tracky for their ongoing support. If you want to find us online, you can do so at the Terminal Mile. We're on both Twitter and Instagram under that handle. We're also on Spotify now, as well as iTunes, Google Play, TuneIn, and of course, Tracky.ca. Thanks to you for listening. This has been the Terminal Mile, a Tracky Radio production. Yeah.